What's up, people, and thank you for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We got a full slate of stuff to talk about on today's show. There was a lot of news that we got. Um, we got a major cancellation of a television, television series. So um, that, of course, lends itself to a larger conversation, especially since it was a Netflix show and what that means for the rest of the Netflix shows, uh, since they're all connected. We also have some major news regarding a lot of movies that we'll talk about. And uh, and then, of course, we have finally a full slate of episode show recaps. We've done some um, recaps of The Gifted, uh, but that was it. it was, we have, This is the first week where we, we got close to pretty much a full slate of fall television from in regard to superheroes. So we got Titans. That was the pilot series debut. And then we have the season premieres for The Flash and Black Lightning. So we'll talk about those shows on the back end. Of course, those recaps are always spoilers, uh, spoiler recaps. So if you've not seen those episodes and you don't want to be spoiled, then perhaps uh, you could say so long to us when you listen to the first hour or so. That being said, let me introduce you to my co-host, starting with Shamari Stewart. Shamari, we had a big weekend at Comic-Con. Have you recovered from from, from Comic-Con weekend? Are you ready for, the, for today's show? I'm definitely ready for today's show. It always takes a little while to recover from Comic-Con. It is, man. This is a rough so week for much. me. Yeah, because there's so much uh, that goes into what we do, especially considering that we film now at Comic-Con as well. So it adds a whole other element, which, of course, check out our YouTube uh, channel. Yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff on there, and there's more stuff going up uh, over the course of this following week, too. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, you know, still getting my bearings, still, you know, getting back into the flow of doing what we do, um, you know, in our daily lives. but, But you're right. We have a lot of good stuff to talk about and a lot of news dropped this week, so I'm looking forward to talking about it. Kendall joins us as well. Kendall, have you recovered from uh, the post Comic Con hangover? Yeah, no. Nah. Uh, I think I've uh, recovered fairly well. Um, it gets it, it, it does get tougher because at this point now we have uh, more shows to start watching, um, which doesn't make life easier. And uh, we also have now a couple of streaming service shows that are. Uh, on tap for the next couple of weeks that make this uh, job a little bit tougher, but you have to fight through it. And at the end of the day, this is all enjoyable uh, content for the most part, unless you're watching, you know, Inhumans, and it's not enjoyable. Yeah, that but. was that was some of the that those nine hours or whatever how many show episodes where I will never get back in my life. Those were wasted nine hours. Hopefully, it wasn't wasted for the people who listen to our podcast. Like I hope, like our discussion was enjoyable enough <laughs> talking about how much trash that show was that it wasn't it wasn't a waste for you because um, it was a waste for me <laughs> uh so that, yeah let's get started on this show speaking of uh struggling shows let's start off with the top news for this week and we're going to kick it off with the cancellation of iron fist which i think was a, a surprise to a lot of people netflix and marvel announcing that there will be no season three of iron fist on netflix that is, uh, comes as, as a surprise this last season, while I think still probably one of the worst seasons of all the Netflix series, was still a, a uh, I, I would say, a significant improvement from season one. And uh, that was not enough, apparently, for Netflix. It kind of spoke to me about the relationship between Netflix and Marvel. I, I kind of wasn't sure if Marvel was kind of just willing to kind of do whatever they wanted and they'd be fine. Like, apparently, that's not the case. Um 
they will fire Marvel over things, and they fired Iron Fist. <laughs> so, uh, so Netflix kind of drew a line in the sand in terms of the quality and the interest of shows that Marvel's producing and, and what is not acceptable, and apparently Iron Fist was that. Now, there have been a lot of reports about Marvel wanting to find a way to still include the Danny Rand character in its uh, on its TV services to some in some aspect. We we can still expect to maybe see him in other shows. Uh, they've kicked around the idea of using him in the, D- the Disney app that they're they're doing, but that seems to be a weird fit because I don't assume that Disney app is going to have hard R type of shows like Iron Fist tends to be, and uh, and also then crossing over with those other characters seems a little more complicated if he's on a whole nother platform so uh iron fist is done keeping them around now becomes a very complicated for marvel's television division shawn what do you make of the move from netflix to give iron fist the axe um i mean i think iron fist was was getting better you know it was still i mean i think you're right in saying that it was it was still you know the weak definitely the weak weak link of um uh the marvel uh, Netflix shows, uh, but by the end of season two, I want I was looking I wanted to see more, you know I was like okay I want to see where this goes, um, so it's kind of like one of those things where it's like at first you're like eh, but then they start you start to get intrigued and then they just cut you off and it's like oh well okay yeah you know so I'm not you know happy to see it go, you know and uh, I mean I hope that we can get, um, you know. If not Iron Fist, some sort of some another martial artist into the uh, you know the Marvel Netflix or just Marvel in general. There aren't that many just straight up martial artists like Iron Fist in uh, you know the Marvel the MCU mm-hmm. MCU verse. So I feel like that would be um, I feel like that would just be a welcome addition, uh, basically. So, but I mean I I can't say I saw this coming. I really did not see this coming because mm-hmm. uh, I saw Iron Fist two, season two was getting better reviews. Yeah. You know, they were they were mixed, but they were much better, way better than season one. So this comes as a shock to me, but apparently they just had the show on a very short leash. Um, and anything below uh, very good was just going to get the axe. So that's just what it seems like to me. And Kendall, I think what makes it even more surprising, as Shamari said before we even went on the air, was Marvel, uh, to me, seemed very confident they were going to get another season because they... They probably left off with one of the biggest cliffhangers of all of the Marvel shows, I would say. In terms of how they set up the beginning of a season three. They pretty much gave you the beginning of a season three in the last scenes of Iron Fist. So I can't expect that they thought that this was going to end up being the end result. But what do you make of what happened? Yeah, I mean, I didn't, you know, we did our Iron Fist season review and... um, I never predicted any type of cancellation. Um, I think, I mean, after now seeing it happen, the writing, there were many signs that suggested that that could happen. Um, obviously, the very, very poor uh, reviews for season one and, you know, semi-controversy surrounding season one did not help, uh, did not help its chances. Um, and then going from... 13 episodes to 10 episodes in season two. Also not a good sign that uh, the show's future was uh, was in good hands because already Netflix had decided that it wasn't worth a full season. 
uh, like the other like the other shows on Mar- on Netflix. And um, also, we saw by the end of the show, the title character wasn't even really the title character anymore, and it became very bizarre. And it was like, I mean, are we gonna really go forward with this show where Danny Rand isn't necessarily the Iron Fist anymore? I mean, you could do it, but now the show is kind of flipped on its head a little bit, and they might they may not have wanted to uh, go forward with that story. Um, it's interesting because it would have it's almost it's one of those things where it's like it would have been bizarre had they gone. I mean, it was a little bizarre that they gave it a season two to begin. And not bizarre because I mean, you figure all right, they probably had a two season commitment, give it a chance to kind of turn itself around that kind of thing. But it really, I think it would have been bizarre had they given them a, two, a, a third season. If, if they would have gave them a third season, I think it would have been only for the fact that it's Marvel and they they felt like they they're willing to to pay the money to make the show, but not for anything that they've earned. Um, Jessica Jones is also kind of in a weird spot. I'll be honest. Where mm-hmm. I mean, they could. I could they could feasibly decide not to do a Jessica Jones season three, and I don't I, think people would lose their mind. I think that they've already been. I think it's been ordered, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like I read, I either was watching them or read something where I heard that they, that they already decided to do a Jessica Jones season three. I haven't seen that. Maybe maybe I, I vaguely remember that. I could be tripping, um, but like I I feel like that's if that's the case, and that's kind of why I didn't see this coming. Because look, yeah. if there's any show that could have been canceled after a bad season. That would have been it. Jessica Jones, there was nothing about what we saw from Jessica Jones season two that made me say I needed to see a season three. And I, Jessica Jones season one is my favorite season of Netflix shows so far. So I'm not. it's not a diss to that series in general. I just thought the second season was really a step backwards. So when they did that... Yeah, there was a third season coming. Right, yeah. They, they already made the, the agreement to do the third season. When I think they did that. I kind of... That's kind of why I kind of opened this by saying that clearly the relationship between Marvel and Netflix isn't Teflon. It's not like Marvel could just do anything and they'll be fine with it. You know, within reason, of course. Because, um, again, this Iron Fist season wasn't terrible. But I don't sure. To be honest, I'm not sure if all of this decision has to do with quality. Um, I haven't read or heard the numbers. Maybe I should since I do a podcast where I'm supposed to be informed. <laughs> but, but, I feel, but I'm assuming... Uh, viewer engagement also has something to do with it. And Iron Fist in the past has been one of the lower uh, streamed shows of the Marvel shows on Netflix. And considering they had less episodes, that's less streams. And after a very poor uh, season last season, part of me kind of wonders also if that has something to do with it. And then also, uh, look, I mean, Marvel has made it very clear that going forward, they plan on expanding um, their television brand via Disney's new app. And I, I, I think that maybe the relationship that Marvel and Netflix once had may change because Marvel is now going to be a competitor against Netflix. It's kind of a weird relationship, the fact that they could have such a, um, a major franchise, major franchises rather, on their competitor's platform. But for now... For at least for the next four or five years, however long they signed that deal with Netflix in the state of New York, that's going to be the case. And I think this is maybe Netflix kind of, I think this is kind of them kind of like throwing the weight around a little bit. 
say, okay, hey, you may be on here, but it doesn't mean that we're just going to just do whatever. We, you can do whatever you want, and we're going to just sign on to do more seasons. There's going to be a difference in the relationship, a change in the relationship. Because I can't imagine why you would give this show another chance after season one if you are going to make this decision eventually. Maybe just because you felt maybe there's something more that can be done. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not happy about it. I think that I would have hoped to have seen what they could have done for season three. I enjoyed elements of season two. So, uh, but, I mean, we always complain about how many shows we got to watch. That's one less show. <laughs> if there's any silver lining in this in regards to all the reviews we have to do. But, um, but I think that we'll see if maybe there's another show that comes out of it. There's rumors that maybe that could also happen, that Iron Fist could be filled with a new show. Do you have have any wishes, if that is true? Like any character you say, oh, that needs to be filled in that slot? Moon Knight? I think that's the character everyone is saying. I yeah, That's yeah, what I would say. say. Yeah. Do you have any uh, Kendall? I'm thinking either Ghost Rider or Blade. Mm, <coughs> Ghost Rider. I didn't think about Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider would be crazy. They did. They did, did the Gabriel Luna. I hope they. I hope they. Yeah, that would be really that'd be good. insane. That's a good call. They got Gabriel Luna. Yeah, I could definitely. I would definitely. People would lose their minds. Yeah, indeed. I'd sign on for a Luna series, thirteen episode series, easily. Um, that would like that would that being greenlit would be similar to Punisher being greenlit, not on the scale of like height, but just in terms of like you know this is gonna be good. It doesn't really even matter what the story is. You just know it's going to be good because of how good Luna is as Ghost, Ghost Rider. Exactly. Yeah, you're totally right about that. Let's move on now. Let's talk about this uh, this Disney-Fox deal. Now, I think a lot of the stuff we heard early on about uh, what was going to happen about it was there would be a you know federal government regulatory session and that eventually, once all that clears, the deal would likely be closed sometime next summer. Maybe spring, you know, if we're lucky, but it was something deep into 2019. That uh, appears to not be the case anymore because it seems like from a conference call or a town hall that uh, Fox executive Peter Rice held, Variety is reporting that he told staffers that this deal could very likely be closed at the start of the new year. January 1st, 2019, all the Fox superhero um, properties could very well be in the hands of marvel studios that that soon um of course when you have these things we don't want to uh make light of the fact that of course in this report they mentioned that this will also likely come with a lot of layoffs so uh you know we don't want to see anyone lose their job so that's unfortunate that that's a part of this game and we do wish those people uh the best in terms of landing back on their feet but in regards to um the the, the early return perhaps of these uh characters back to marvel kendall does this give you any feel for what we may see um moving forward that it could be this soon that uh fox and the disney marvel deal is is close i mean all for me all this does is give me more confidence that we're never going to see gambit we're never going to see new mutants uh they will probably see dark phoenix that comes out what february or something like that well they push that back it's now like Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's not like June or something. Yeah. Yeah, even that one's kind of. Uh, I think that'll come out because the trailer's already been released. But even that one's kind of in a, a shaky spot. I don't think anybody's super excited for that anyway. So I, I mean, I definitely feel like this does, you know, 
they're still obviously going, you know, they, Fox is still operating at status quo um, going forward. And I'm sure that's still their company-wide mindset. But at some point, they're going to have to realize, all right, might as well stop production or, you know, this is done. Now we're in the hands of Disney, hands up. You know, it's like it's like you're taking a test and it's like, all right, pens up, pens yeah, down. Pens down, hands up, yeah. Um, or like in so chops, it's like, stop, stay away from your station, watch for you, you know, back away from your yeah, station. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, I, I mean, if maybe Dark Phoenix will be done by then, and maybe they'll say, all right, let's just distribute the movie. But um, there's no way Gambit or New Mutants will, I mean, New Mutants should be done already, should be out already, but... I, I imagine there's no way New Mutants or Gambit will be uh, close to finish. So, um, and I don't think Marvel even wants those movies. So, I think this suggests that Fox and their movie properties will be pushed aside quicker than we thought. And I think there's a good chance that in Phase Four we see some of those Fox characters that Marvel has acquired. Um. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you in terms of um, Gambit for sure. That's the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, yeah, Gambit's probably never going to happen. But, I mean, I, I don't, I'm doubtful for New Mutants as well. If it, if, it, if it, this is all, if it ends at the end of this year, if it's finalized by the end of this year, I'd be very skeptical about New Mutants being released. Um, Dark Phoenix, like you said, I can see that coming out because they... They're so close to be done with that film that it's like you do all that work and just nothing comes of it. So I think they'll probably release that. But after that, that might be the last one. Um, and I'm more excited about what how soon we'll be able to see the X-Men in the, Marvel, in the MCU. If this thing finalizes this early, I mean, past uh, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, they could include them in whatever else is going on. They could include, drop yeah. a drop a hint about mutants and, or they could just add something that's far from home, you know. Far from home is released next summer. Um, I mean, they could you know do some kind of reshoot something about mutants. The and, Baxter Building can show yeah, up. Yeah, you know they could do whatever they want. You know they could they could just add, just start dropping hints and Easter eggs right there if the deal's been finalized already. So I mean, and we've discussed this before. I'm sure Feige has ideas. Like he has to. Yeah, have I mean, ideas. Iger confirmed that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple weeks ago. You know, like he has ideas. He knows what he wants to do. Um, so yeah, I think we, I, I think we're gonna start seeing stuff very, very soon if this deal is finalized before the end of the year. Um, wow. I don't. I never thought about the idea that something could be shown up in Homecoming. Far from, far from, far from home. home. Sorry. Uh, they're filming now. We've been seeing set photos uh, of a black suit Spider-Man that I'm still not convinced is a black suit. I feel like there might be some kind of effect that's added and why as to why it's black and it will look blue when we watch it on. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what that. What There's a lot of technical suit. stuff. He's on wires, so any yeah, to me any to me anything is possible. Well, it's not a black suit, Kendall. It's like he's wearing a red and black suit. Yeah, it's a red and black suit. When he says black suit, it's not like a symbiote. Right. Everybody keeps saying black suit. Besides so, a black suit. But it's uh, like a darker suit. Yeah, it's a it's a red it's normal red suit that it's kind of like the Stark suit, but instead it's the black piping, and uh and I think there's like a white symbol on the back of it. The spider symbol is white on his back, I think something like that. But um, 
but again, I'm I'm I until I see a trailer where that suit is there, I'm not gonna go crazy over that yet. I don't go crazy over set photos with people who are majorly CGI characters the way Spider Man is. So, uh, with that being said, though, I I, I do think that I, I would be surprised if they put stuff in for Homecoming. Um, I, don't, I won't say I'd be surprised. I, I would I would be I would be sh- I wouldn't I would be sh- I wouldn't be shocked, but it would I would be like wow okay that they really put that in there because I, I just feel like the script was probably written so long ago that anything that's x-men related or franchise Four related would be a shoehorn it may work uh but but it still would be like a really tough edit i feel for a movie that's coming out in july yeah now my thing with that is and it's interesting because like they discussed this kind of with the uh the civil war thing yeah where they said that um, you know, they had originally planned for that last scene, that fight scene on the airport mm-hmm. for Ant-Man to kind of be the guy that comes out of nowhere or whatever, yeah. not for Spider-Man. But then when they got Spider-Man, they were like, okay, yeah, let's switch it. Yeah, let's switch it up and we'll put Spider-Man in there. I think they might do something similar where they might, they might not just put the Fantastic Four in the movie or whatever. <laughs> that but, would be insane. <laughs> Somehow, be you know, Johnny Storm helps Peter out in London. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yeah, that'd be crazy. But like, you know, they might add like an Easter egg or two, you know, in there where it's like, okay, you know, even if it's a line, you know, even if it's a line or two where it's like, whoa, that might be in reference to this, and it actually sure. is. Like, I remember like, Ant Man? Uh, we got the Spider Man line, and people are like, oh, they're talking about Spider Man at the end yeah, of the movie. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think I think I definitely think they might do something like that, or because they already know this deal was being like they knew this deal was being worked on. Right, the film. that's true. So I think they might have had something like that in mind, where they're like, listen, if the times table works out, we may be able to do this or that. You know, I feel like Feige might have something going on with that too. Uh, I think I am completely on board with Kendall now that uh, we will never ever see a Gambit movie. Um, I, I had very I had a lot of doubts, but I think that the date being this close, I, I there's no way. Yeah, they're gonna I, put that movie I don't see, out. I don't see the point. I think if, they, if, if they're they, having close to starting the film, yeah. If if this if if it's finalized before the end of the year, I don't think there's any point in releasing the Gambit movie. Yeah, and not the plot that they're explaining. I definitely don't want to see that. Yeah. So I don't think we'll see that. Uh, I don't think we'll see New Mutants. Um, and I'm not sure about Dark Phoenix. I'll be honest. I I can't say for sure that we're gonna see that movie. I feel there's a chance we may see that movie in some DVD format. I agree. Uh, I don't think DVD I, streaming service. Yeah, I think that there is a legitimate chance that will not be on a big screen. I don't think it behooves. I don't know if it behooves Marvel to do that if they have ownership of the properties. Like I said, the way I I explained it before, where I thought it was, it was smart to let them do it because you want to see what they have. Let's see what the fan reaction is. Because at the way we were under the assumption was that this movie was going to come out before the deal was done. I don't think it makes all that much sense when you got your hands on the property and then you still let them put this movie out that you had no impact in. You know, that would be, I talked about how that was kind of like, you know, this was to me like the equivalent of like when a college football coach lets the old coaching staff, you know, finish out the BC, the beat the bowl season so that then he can kind of see who he wants to keep, who he wants to get rid of, how he wants to change things. This would be like if opening day, and the coach decided, actually, no, I'm going to let the old coach still run the team. <laughs> and then after opening day, then I'll make my decision. Now, that doesn't make any sense at all because now you're on the hook for anything that happens. So, uh, so yeah, I think that even that movie could be in grave danger. I think that 
um, these reshoots and these rescheduled pushbacks. I think that this is not an accident. I think it's because uh, I think there's a chance that Marvel's telling them, though, keep pushing this back as much as you can because we may want to just kill this joint. So why waste your time if we get really close to it and we and, and it's a nip and tuck thing where it's out, but we don't really approve of it. You know, I think it's, if, it, if January 1st is the date and you got till June or whatever to cancel it, that's plenty of time. So it won't be as much of an awkward situation. Whereas if it was a February release date and they were going to close like, the deal in June or, or or May, that's like a little more dicey. Yeah, you've got posters up on movie, the movie exactly. theaters. Yeah, the, like, the full promotional yeah. you know, campaign is set. You, you can't cut out. it at that yeah. point. Yeah, that'll be way too late. I think that this has all been way more calculated than maybe we imagined. Let's move on now. Let's talk about um, some massive news for a guy who leaving ship from Marvel to uh, work for DC. Uh, it's a guy we talked about a lot in the show. Uh, former Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn is officially on board to write the script for Suicide Squad 2. There's a chance he may direct that movie, though that has not been reported or, or confirmed yet. But DC has confirmed that, uh, that Gunn is now at the helm uh, writing for Suicide Squad 2. That ends his chapter with Marvel uh, and Disney and starts a new chapter with him uh, back in Hollywood working. Um which is a big deal in itself. Mm-hmm. And not only that, he's going to be working on a massive project, which is going to be a sequel for a movie that made a lot of money that I think definitely made a lot of headlines. And I think we'll have even a lot more interest now that someone like Gunn is taking over, so especially with his experience with the Guardians. Because I think you can look at the Guardians, look at the Suicide Squad, and see some similarities. And... uh and on the surface, with his talent, the talent suggests that he could be—he could kill this. The talent suggests that he could be money, but you, you never know because what they do over at Marvel is very different than how they do things at DC. This could very well—I was funny this morning. I was watching the Monday Night Wars WWE special. This very well could be like you know, you know, Kevin Kevin Nash going over the WCW, realizing things are way different. <laughs> <laughs> than working for this man in WWE, you know, um, or Bret Hart were realizing that the grass may not be green on the other side, and this is what I think Gunn's gonna maybe exactly. have to deal with. So, uh, I go to you, Shamari. What do you make of uh, Gunn working on Suicide Squad Two? That is now um, confirmed it's happening because they announced that he's writing it. Yeah, because I don't think um, we even had that official confirmation yet. Yeah, I mean, I think this is really exciting. I think it's exciting for everyone involved, including. Um, all fans, except maybe fans of, of Guardians of the Galaxy, but, I mean, they already knew he wasn't working on that anymore. Um, fans of good movies, fans of fun movies. I like James Gunn and the content that he's created. Um, you know, uh, do I think his jokes were in poor taste? Sure, yes, but, um, you know, uh, I'm definitely um looking forward to this movie <laughs> you know i'm definitely looking forward to a suicide a james gunn directed suicide squad i think that is i think that he's a perfect fit for this um and you know i think suicide squad uh and even we can even tell from the from the you know very well done uh, promotional campaign for the first movie the the as a concept it has a lot of potential uh, you know, Suicide Squad has a lot of potential. You know, a lot of it, it, it generated a lot of interest in people. <laughs> people yeah. were like, "I want to see this movie." You know, it was it was really really crazy. 
when at first uh, when I first heard the concept, I was like, I don't want to do, I don't want to see any of this. Yeah. And it was kind of the same thing with Guardians, but you know the trailers and the promotion helped it become more interesting. So I think that J- this is a perfect fit for James Gunn, you know, and I think he's probably um, you know excited to be working on it, and excited to be working in um, on this types of uh, on these types of projects again in such a major way so fast after being released from uh or being let go by marvel so um i think this is a i think this is a win all around what do you say Kendall? yeah this is something that came out of nowhere um you know we had heard that he was in talks but uh with possibly warner brothers or 20th century fox about doing superhero movies but you know we weren't sure if they were like exploratory talks or if these were talks to kind of put pressure on Disney to kind of bring him back. They, there were, there are very few specifics in that, in that situation. But, um, now right off the bat, we get, first there was a, a rumor out there from, uh, Heroic Hollywood, um, or the rap, I believe. And Umberto Gonzalez. And then shortly after that, it was confirmed that, James Gunn will be writing and possibly directing this movie. And I mean, there are a lot of layers to the story because one, you have to wonder is, is this the the right fit for James Gunn? Cause obviously James Gunn and Warner brothers and DC have been talking for a while, probably. Um, and I imagine that they were very interested in having James Gunn do anything. And so they probably decided what would be the best fit for you. He probably decided what would be the best fit for me. And I, they must have came to the conclusion that it was a Suicide Squad reboot, sequel, whatever you want to call it. You know, there are other options that he could have done. Um, you know, I mean, obviously they're doing Titans on TV. Could he have done the Teen Titans? Could he have done Justice League Dark? Could he have done... Um, Birds of Prey, I don't know. There were plenty of different superhero team movies that he could have tried, but um, Suicide Squad 2 probably the one I think resembles the Guardians the most, depending on how he does it. I agree. And, and so that, that makes sense from that angle. And then the other layer is, I'm assuming that this is the end of uh, him and Disney. You know, I mean, we've seen, it seemed like that was going to be the case. You know, it didn't seem like Disney had any interest in uh, bringing him back anytime soon. But there was also that idea of, well, one day he could come back. And I mean, I guess this is the nail in the coffin for him coming back three years from now, four years from now. But it certainly does hurt that chance. And now we even have Dave Bautista saying he wants to he wants to join the squad. Yeah, I was going to say, he got a tweet. He was just like, sign me up. I mean, (laughs) you know, I, I I I was advocating for Dave Bautista before, you know, putting pressure on Disney uh, instead of the fake pressure of, you know, oh, we're in full support of James Gunn. But, I you know, it, it does feel like he's taking it a little far now. You know, I mean, he got <laughs> resigned. You up created this monster, so <laughs> I don't want you walking it back now. He's taking it a little far. Nah, nah, all, I'm, blaming, I'm blaming you for it. If we don't got Drax, it's kind of because Kendall was like, oh, put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> now, congratulations, you played yourself. Who do we, who do we think uh, Batista will be could potentially play in a Suicide Squad too. Bane. Ooh, I didn't think of Bane. 
Bane would be kind of cool. Wow, okay. Bane, Bane would be cool because Bane, Bane is is an interesting dude. Bane is uh, Bane can be goofy. Uh, he, no, we do not want to see him as goofy. Is that crap yeah, that Batman we saw Batman and Robin? And Robin. <laughs> but he can be goofy, and to some degree, um, he can be kind of campy. But uh, he's extremely dangerous. Batista certainly has a body for someone like a Bane. I think that's someone that I would I would sign up to watch him playing Bane for sure. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, and Bane is of a. Uh, uh, where is he? Where is he from? Uh, I know he's from. He has a. a uh, oh yeah, he's Latino he's, he's like yeah, he's Latino. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think it's a perfect fit, honestly. Is Bane from? I want to say he's from Ecuador. I think so, but I don't know for. I keep forgetting. Or El Salvador. One yeah, of some, yeah, one of somewhere in Central America, yeah. I believe. Somewhere in Central America. Uh, he could also be a bronze tiger too. Yeah, he's kind of brolic for Bronze Tiger, but I could, I think he could pull that off. Isn't Bronze Tiger like a martial artist? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Are you Maybe questioning uh, Batista's uh, martial art martial arts abilities? But we, but yeah, and I was gonna say like also, when we look at martial arts now, I mean you could you could twist that into MMA, which he could definitely do. People don't think of martial arts in the kung fu thing anymore. If they wanted to reboot. Bronze Tiger to make him like an MMA guy, Batista would be perfect. Um, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a bunch of other people who he could play. I think the Bane idea. The Bane's the one seems, that makes the most the, obvious. Seems sense. the easiest. Yeah, I'm looking at the the squad roster now of everybody who's been on the Suicide Squad, and I I, said, I think Bane is the one that makes the most sense if you're going to pick anyone. But I mean, I, I I still don't want to see him leave uh, his spot now. I'm hoping that he stays, and that someone could talk to him and be like, "Fam, I know you love gun, but <laughs> it's too much. Of this this bag is too big for you to be messing it up for everybody else. <laughs> you love him so much. We still got money to make here at Disney. So, uh, but uh, but I'm excited. I agree. I am also excited for gun to possibly be working on. Yeah. You know, project. And it's a project that I was not that excited about because I did not like yeah. the last movie, but now I have much more interest in it. Yeah, well, that's that's one excellent point is that, like, yeah, nobody cared about Suicide Squad 2. I didn't think it was really happening. And, I mean, obviously it's happening now. And um, two things. One, it's, uh, you're right, it certainly does juice up Suicide Squad 2. And it does make you, like, you are very. This is positive news in that regard, and but then also the other the other side is like, and we see this in sports a lot when you know a guy does something crazy and gets cut or gets traded, and then he goes. There's always some team that's willing to pick him up in a second because of his talent, regardless of his his off the court uh, issues or his off the field issues, and I don't know this this James Gunn uh, saga kind of reminds me of that where. I mean, he didn't do any. Some people felt he didn't deserve to get fired. So there's a gray area in that regard. But, um, you know, clearly Warner Brothers felt like his value to them outweighed any potential risk that comes with bringing in James Gunn. Yeah, I think that. Uh, I, I think I, it kind of goes back to what we talked about when we talked about guns firing is that because of the nature of how it happened 
I felt like anyone who brought him back, it wouldn't be that big a deal. This will not be a big deal. There will not be a campaign of people going crazy. I know he's writing still, so maybe if he was directing, maybe it'd be different. But I think if he was even if, if even he was directing, the, the their point of firing him had nothing to do with in terms of the people that were upset. It had nothing to do with like his what he really did. They just wanted him to send a message that anyone could be touched. No mm-hmm. pun intended. That would be a terrible pun. Um, no, yeah. But like, no, that that anyone could get it. If 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 the quote unquote social justice warriors want to come at us, well, we can come at them just as hard. They prove their point. So there's no point to prove anymore if he gets rehired for another job. There will be a couple of trolls who will then bring up stuff that we already know. So I, I think that, uh, and for and DC had nothing to lose. They had nothing to lose at all. So, um, so this makes all sense in the world for them to 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 hop on. Uh, uh, hop, hop on it and give him a, a chance here with this script, and I'm excited to see what he can do because again, that's a movie that I do not have a lot of interest in, and um, I think that his takes on a Joker, a Harley Quinn, those kind of characters. I don't know if Joker would be in the next one, but a Harley Quinn, <laughs> I would be very excited to see how he would do a character like that. I think he 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 would knock it out of the park. So we'll see how that goes. That's a big story this week. We also got another story in regards to uh, the production side. Ryan Coogler, who directed Black Panther two. Black Panther will be back to direct Black Panther 2 and write the script as well. So we all, we all knew a Black Panther sequel was happening. Um, it would have been foolish, I think, for them not to do Coogler again, though that the people have done sequels with different actors, you know, directors, and it's been great. Captain America's Men's Soldier is the biggest example of that. But, um, Shamari, uh, are, are you, uh, are you, are you an, on board with uh, Marvel deciding to bring back Ryan? I'm completely on board with this. Um, I don't see how anyone cannot be on board with this. He did such an amazing job with the first Black Panther, you know. And in looking at some of the uh, behind-the-scenes material and and actually listening to Coogler talk about Black Panther and talk about how what that character means to him, you know, and how he you could tell he really put his heart and soul into this project, and that it meant a lot to him to do that. And I feel like he's a perfect person to do the sequel. Right. You know? Um, I was hoping to hear immediately that he was going to be doing a sequel. Similar to how um, they got, uh, what's... Uh, Patty Jenkins? Patty Jenkins. Yeah, yeah. So fast. After um, Wonder Woman. I was hoping the same thing would happen with Coogler, but we didn't hear that immediately. But now I'm, I'm glad we're hearing it now that he's going to be doing a sequel. Um, so I think the sequel is in the bag. At that point now, that's now one of my most looked forward to Marvel movies now. Yeah. Period, you know Avengers, five whatever that is, yeah. But Black Panther two, that I really want to see. Yeah, I really, really want to see a Black Panther two. That I'm sure because that I'm sure that probably. I mean, I don't know for certain. It probably won't just be limited to Wakanda. You yeah, know, it, I agree. Or it won't be just about Wakandan politics. It'll probably be larger than that. So th- it should be very, very. Uh, it should be really, really cool to see. I'm so glad you. I'm actually so glad you mentioned. The whole thing of it being an expanded storyline potentially, because I agree the ne- the last story was very contained. I think it needed to be, but what excites me about Coogler returning is remember all the stuff Marvel told him no to in the last time. He wanted um, Craven. They said no. He wanted a lot of things for this last movie. And Marvel told him no for various reasons. He's in a position now where I don't think they can say tell him no as easily as they were able to tell him no last time. Mm-hmm. And the ideas that he had that he was kicking around for that last movie, 
would have been insane if they would have let him do it. And the movie was already crazy. So my thing is, I think that I'm excited. For one, his directing, of course, he's an A-list, top-notch director. That, we already know, is is, is, is awesome. But the fact that he's going to be writing the script again, and the things that they won't tell him no to this time, maybe, especially considering there's a Fox deal that's done. So any characters that he may have thought about wanting to do there, he won't have any problems with anymore. Kendall, I think this sets up for a perfect Namor versus Black Panther for a sequel. I know there's a lot of questions about really? when they do him, but I think the Ryan seemed to me seemed to be thinking of right outside the box for the last movie. And I think that if you're gonna move it away from Wakanda, that's my really bold prediction I'm making here. That that's where the story's gonna go. Interesting, interesting. Um you have a Wakanda versus Atlantis kind of thing. Yeah. That's an interesting uh, idea. I, I mean, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they used Craven. But, That's true, too. Um, but, I mean, Sony supposedly, supposedly is doing Craven. Yeah, I forgot that was a thing. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why they told him not to do it. I that's, don't know. That's what I'm thinking, honestly. I just think now with the clout he has... It's going to be much harder for them to say no to him. Yeah, I mean, Namor would certainly be one of the options for how you can really go uh, outside the box with a Black Panther too. Um, I think people would lose their minds. That would be insane if they did that. Which is why and, I think I think there's a good chance that might be where they're going. Um, but. This is obviously this news is obviously very positive. Um, it was it's one of those things. It's like you know in in television when a show that was at a great season gets a season two, or uh, in sports when a guy a star player signs a long term deal and it's like I mean there wasn't there wasn't much doubt that he would leave, but I mean the, the possibility is out there and. If I mean, if you looked at the history of Ryan Coogler, I mean, he's not doing Creed two, and so it's not like it's an impossibility that he would have a good first movie and, and then say I'm done or I don't really, I don't want to do the sequel for whatever reason. So it wasn't it wasn't always a slam dunk that he was going to do the sequel, but it all it made all sense in the world for all the sense in the world for Disney to want Ryan Coogler back, um, and there were plenty of reasons why Ryan Coogler this would be excellent for his legacy if he did. A Black Panther too, um, so it made sense for both parties. Uh, the story, I mean, the story can go in a million different directions. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing about right now. The MCU is in such flux because of uh, Infinity War and Avengers Four coming up. That I don't know what characters are going to be involved. I don't know what characters are still going to be around. Um, I don't know what the story where the direction of the story is going to go. I mean, there's so many ways they can go. Assuming that it'll be a contained Black Panther story, I mean, I think Namor could be very interesting. Um, I don't think they're going to leave Wakanda, though. I think they're going to... I think they're going to tell another Wakanda story. I I, I don't know if they're going to leave, but I just think it'll be way more expanded. It won't be a whole... And to be fair, the last story had scenes in... It had scenes in other places in Japan, but I think that there will be. I think there will be more. It'll be. It'll be more on the line than just Wakanda, is what I'll say for this next movie. 
Yeah, and I I think the, the you know um, I think more of what I meant in that it's not going to be in Wakanda is that the story is not just going to be oh who's going to take the throne who's taking the throne it's going to be something way bigger than that right you know it's going to be something uh, that's like it, you know a lot of it will probably still take place in Wakanda or in Africa but it's probably um, it's definitely going to be something something way bigger than just you know. Uh, protecting Wakanda right. and making sure Wakanda is not, uh, you know, going to war with the whole rest of the world or anything like that. Yeah, I buy that as well. Um, let's head over to TV real quick before we do our TV recaps. So CW uh, released their uh, first uh, image of uh, Batwoman uh, being played by Ruby Rose. Uh, the costume features pretty much a very, very uh, true to the inspiration costume you know black costume red bat symbol in the front ruby rose is wearing the red wig uh it's pretty it, it looks like it could be very well from a comic book kendall what do you make what do you make of the uh of the first look we got as ruby rose is a uh, batwoman yeah man i thought it was about as good as uh that costume could look um it sets us up for what could be a very, very interesting uh, crossover. Because, I mean, it's not like... I'm assuming we're not going to get any type of origin. She'll probably likely be Batwoman for the entire crossover. And that that seems like that could be really cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, this costume looks looks very, very cool. I, I'm, I'm all for it. And the Mel Kishmar already said that uh, the Elseworlds... The Elseworlds uh, crossover is the best they've done by far. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely digging this costume. And I'm definitely digging Amel's comments as well. Um, I mean, this is this is definitely... I think this is probably the most um, canon costume we've seen in maybe all of these superhero stuff that's not in the movies. I think, you, make, you can make the case. You can, because yeah, I mean that that's Batwoman. That's yeah, you know they made no changes. Yeah, that's the Batwoman costume. I think some people have pointed out something about the cape. Yeah, the being, cape. The cape. They definitely they did. There's some kind of design. Yeah, there. something designed with where it looks a little bit like a different fabric or something. Yeah, but, but other than that, it's the same person. You know, it looks exactly the same. So I think this is a really really good. Uh, uh, I'm I'm definitely sold. On on this costume being Batwoman, and I'm really excited to see how she looks in the actual um, crossover and in her TV show. Yeah, yeah, the crossover is on December 9th. Um, yeah, I think this costume looks great. I mean, there's I have no bad things to say about it. Uh, it's interesting that they have the bat symbol in the background in the sky. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I don't, I mean, I'm almost positive she doesn't have a bat symbol. In the yeah. comic books, the bat symbol is only for Batman that I remember. I don't. Right. Maybe I'm wrong. I I've been, I did read. Uh, I was reading the um, Detective Comics where she is a main character. Mm-hmm. I don't. Remember, EJ, I don't. EJ, remember you don't remember Batman. Batwoman issue seven seventy two when they introduced uh, yeah. her bat signal? Uh, yeah, I might have skipped that one. I'm and sure there's someone. 12. There's someone who, who's read that and is saying that I'm a dope because I don't realize maybe he had one symbol one time at some point. Yeah, yeah. A comic in 2007, but um, so I think that's interesting. I think that maybe suggests there is no Batman in this. 
universe. I was going to say, they already mentioned Bruce Wayne. They've mentioned Bruce Wayne, but I don't think she's from their Earth. Really? Which is why I think this is called Elseworlds. I think this is a whole other Earth situation. And I'm tired of all these different Earths, man. In this Earth, yeah, this is... Yeah, I, I kind of wouldn't like that. I wouldn't... No. I mean, I'm just... Look, I, I'm trying to be a realist. I thought that they would do more fun things with Flashpoint, and Kendall was very adamant about saying you're going to be very disappointed and I was so I'm trying to be a realist now I don't think that's like like, this is like a far cry from what I was hoping we'd get from uh, what's the name Uh, from Flashpoint I mean I think this is like kind of a minor thing yeah this just it just suggests that like they're not they're not trying to take any uh, I don't know no risks no uh, just have them be in several universes and they meet up once and then they go away it's kind of Supergirl I mean, they, we already, didn't we already do this? Like, how many universes are we gonna have to keep track of? Oh, this, this, she's in this universe, and she has no other DC villains because they're all in this universe. Or it's like this explains why they're not showing up here. And it's like, ah, oh, come on, man. Like, like you just have it's like the all. MCU. Like, we literally have Daredevil and the Avengers and yeah. Agents of Shield all in the same universe. <laughs> Nobody loses their minds. Nobody's like, oh, where are the Avengers? Where's Daredevil? You know, nobody cares. It's a television show. Yeah, I don't. I, you guys aren't wrong about that. I, I'm just, and I would agree. I think that that would be kind of a cop out. I just think that I thought that bat symbol was a clue. I didn't think it was there. Just, I mean, it was there for you know, fan service. But I think like when you think, okay, well, a bat symbol for Batwoman that doesn't seem right or sound right. Why would she have a bat symbol? It looks very similar to Batman, except it's her logo, which is very similar to Batman. So how? Like I don't think anyone looking in the sky would be like, "Oh, that's not Batman's. That's Batwoman's symbol." So actually, you know, we need Batwoman, not Batman. You know, like. Mm-hmm. So I think, okay, also, well, what does that mean? Yeah. It's like, well, that would mean to me that there is no Batman. Uh, it could mean nothing. It could literally just be a fan, a, a fan service thing they just put up there because they just wanted to make a cool art, and it, that's fine. And I would be happy if that was the case because I, I hope. That this means that Bruce Wayne, Batman, is still very much in, involved in this Arrowverse, or at least is existent. I, I just don't I've, know if uh, if that's what we're going to get when I saw this image. I've got, uh, going back to the Black Panther thing that we were talking about real quick. Yeah. I, I got two characters from Fox that also may be introduced. Obviously, people have talked about Storm possibly being in it. It's a little, little gray area because they already introduced Nakia's character. But uh, she's one possibility Ryan could use. But in terms of as a villain, how would you guys feel about Doctor Doom being the villain? Ooh, or introduced well, even in a Black Panther two. Well, didn't I say that? I feel like I did. I like I've pushed that. Like maybe in one. I did like a YouTube videos. video. I feel like yeah. I maybe in the one we did I about think that Fox that's who It should be. I think Doctor Doom should be the villain. No, and this is how be crazy. I think this is how they should introduce the Fantastic Four. And I think yeah. it works similar you, to Namor. I think no, it works you know, I think to you said that to, uh, I think you said that maybe for Doctor Strange. No, I, I'm no, almost positive I, I said it. No, I said it for this. Now I'm, you said it for Black Panther? Back. Yeah, it's Because I remember you now. telling you said the same thing about how their mystic powers kind of like overlap a little bit. I mean, that could work too. I would be if I said that, I would agree with myself. <laughs> yeah. But I remember specifically my first idea was I thought that this worked, and the reason why I talked about that was because there is a connection from between Black Panther and the Fantastic Four. There is a relationship there. Uh, right. There's a mutual respect there. So I feel like introducing the Fantastic Four in a Black Panther movie would make sense from that regard. 
Yeah. And I think if you're talking about we don't want to the Fantastic Four movies have been a disaster and we don't know for sure slapping a Marvel Studios movie uh, symbol on it is going to garner that much excitement, especially when we just had another Fantastic Four. What's another way to do that? I think what they did with Fanta- with the what's the name uh, with Spider Man was just brilliant. How they introduced him, it was a complete grand slam. Oh the, yeah. I don't know if the, I don't know if the excitement for Homecoming would be the same, but they just dropped him in. And decided we're doing another Spider-Man movie. I think There'd be a lot more skepticism. Putting him with fighting Avengers like that made that changed the entire game, and I think that it spoke. And like I, I always say, I think the most iconic Marvel Studios symbol that they have still is going to be Spider-Man on that hanger holding Captain America's shield. It sparked a change. It sparked a new era. Everything was different once we saw that image. It's an image that I think a lot of people weren't sure we ever were going to see. I think you could do a similar thing and make a similar impact that somehow the Fantastic Four pulled up in Wakanda for some reason. And that's how I would do it. But, and I think Doom makes sense because I think he's similar to Namor. Yeah. Both uh, uh, enigmatic egomaniacs who despite their shortcomings as a person, they are trusted leaders of their respective places. Doom is evil. Namor is more of an anti-hero, great area character, but they, it works the same, the same, the same way I envision a Namor story working. I also envision you could do something similar with Dr. Doom. And in fact, if you wanted to kind of not want to have the whole comparison to Aquaman, it may actually make more sense to do it that way. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd yeah agree. I, I see. I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, I mean, I, I, I really do think that Doctor Doom being the villain in Black Panther two would be awesome. Um, I don't know if the Fantastic Four showing up would be similar to Spider Man showing up. Um, I can't. I'm not saying it would be the same impact. But I think it would be also massive. Oh, it would be massive. Yeah, I think them showing up period would be it's going to be massive. Though and, I just think it's kind of a little bit soured by the bad movies. But see, I think yeah. what's good about the Fantastic Four is that because they've had two different, really, they've had three different movies in the last you know decade and a half, and two different iterations of their characters. There is an awareness about the Fantastic Four. They are still a brand name. While the brand was tarnished yeah. by the last movie, if you, if you connect them, similar to Spider-Man, if you connect them to the MCU and connect them to Black Panther, who's the most Teflon brand in Marvel right now, they could. that would only boost both their image and boost Black Panther's image. There are two, both sides can get a boost. Just like when Spider-Man was thrown into Captain America Civil War, Civil War got a boost because it was introducing Spider-Man. And Spider-Man got a boost because he was on screen with Tony Stark and Steve Rogers. And that's what that's what could happen with the Fantastic Four if you use him in this movie, I think, especially. Doctor Strange is a little tougher because Doctor Strange, his brand isn't as big as Black Panther. You know, so like people will care. People would care because the MCU, but I don't think people are going to be losing their minds to go see Doctor Strange 2, Fantastic, the Fantastic Four in Black Panther 2, people are going to lose their minds regardless of who's in it. Yeah. But it'll just be even more interesting 
if the Fantastic Four were involved. Yeah, if the Fantastic Four and, and the Fantastic Four and uh, Doctor Doom were involved in Black Panther two, it it would I don't know it, it might already be Marvel's most successful solo um, solo release. I gotta look at the numbers, but it's like the third time I got to say I got to look at the numbers today. I'm saying I'd, stuff I'd be without shocked if it saying, but um, but I I think that it would maybe surpass some Avenger movies that have come out besides other box office numbers. At least the first weekend. I ain't gonna pass Infinity War or this last one, this new one coming out. But could it pass Age of Ultron? I would not surprise me. That would be insane if they did that because the the movie already has so much buzz around it for what for what it already has accomplished. And we haven't gotten to award season yet, where. An Oscar nomination is coming, whether it's for that ridiculous new category they're creating or for a real Oscar. <laughs> they're going to have – now there's going to be Oscar-nominated uh, or Oscar-even-winning director and Oscar-nominated actors and Oscar movie, perhaps, for a sequel that now includes the Fantastic Four. That will change the game, that, which is why I would do it, which is why I, I talked about why I thought I would do it that way. Um, and I hope you're right, Kendall. I, I really do. Uh, but let's uh let's let's quickly um, what do you guys make of the uh, early Daredevil reactions? Everyone is saying that this is just insane and the best thing they've ever seen from Netflix, from Marvel's Netflix division. Man, what they showed us at New York Comic Con was the best insane and the best thing that I've right. Ever seen. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so I've, this is I not, believe, not surprising. Yeah, I believe them 100. percent I'm 100 percent looking forward to Daredevil season three. I'm 100% looking forward to seeing Kingpin again in Bullseye and the Bullseye fighting Daredevil and Daredevil fighting anybody because they have the the uh, um, the fighting down just down packed for Daredevil. Um, and I've been hearing that this, this new sh- showrunner is going in different, but he's not following some of the same tropes. With like like one of them being like the side story the side stories and Daredevil with the side characters you you kind of care but you don't really care like <laughs> yeah. in this one he's apparently you're more invested in what's going on with Foggy and and Karen and uh, that's really that's really good as well so. even from the stuff little stuff we saw it wasn't like they showed us everything uh-huh. even the little stuff we saw it definitely seemed like Daredevil's world was coming home so to speak. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, it felt like in the last two seasons, Daredevil's world was still kind of his world, and it didn't really affect his people that much. It did maybe a little bit in season two with the Punisher yeah. stuff, but it wasn't the same. Like, it seems like it seems like with this, we, I mean, you got Bullseye pulling up to the Bulletin, killing everyone. That's different. Yeah. That's obviously different. That's a different level of he's coming yeah. home. Like, Daredevil's issues are coming home to where these people work and live. And, and yeah, I agree. I don't. I think that they will be way more connected to whatever happens this season than than we well, than uh, than than previous seasons. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, this is. I'm so hyped for season three. Uh, these reviews are basically what I expected from. Uh, any Daredevil season, but especially this season. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, from what I've heard, um, and obviously there are hundreds of people probably re- reviewing this stuff. You know, we probably get our stuff from different sources. But 
Um, yeah, I've heard that Daredevil, Fisk, and Bullseye have been amazing. They've been just off the charts good. Uh, I, I haven't I haven't heard great things about Foggy and Karen's characters in the season, but um, we'll see uh, we'll see what ultimately happens. But what ha- from what we saw at New York Comic Con, I mean, it did suggest that those three characters and really you didn't even have to be there if, if you saw like even the the Bullseye teaser. Right. That's why you, when I say that Bullseye, I hope I, that wasn't a spoiler, but I felt like if you watch the teaser, even you see the bodies at the bulletin so yeah um so if that's a spoiler that's because you were not paying attention to the teaser it's pretty clear what's going on yeah um but you have the bullseye character from what we saw in the teaser you've got uh fisk and charlie cox's matt murdoch who you already know what they bring to the table so those three characters alone and if those three characters are the focus, you kind of already know they're going to be great. And Foggy and Karen, you're not entirely sure what their impact will be in the season. They've been up and down, hot and hot and cold throughout their whole Netflix careers. But uh, you just hope that the season ultimately is a good one for them. But uh, I mean, I'm I'm fascinated to see this come out because this may be this may end up being the best Marvel Netflix season. Of them all, which that's high period. I mean, obviously, you have Jessica Jones season one, which is up there. Uh, Daredevil, Daredevil's weird because season one, first half was incredible, and it kind of fell apart a little bit. Uh, and season one or season two fell apart. And season yeah, one, yeah, I mean, like season one, I don't remember anything falling apart in season one. <laughs> yeah, no, season, season two, two fell apart. Say, yeah, <laughs> and season one, uh, was great, but I don't know if it was necessarily like spectacular like best thing i've ever seen on television and then i thought luke cage season two was also very good so there's a lot of really and luke cage first half season one was also spectacular but uh this had a chance to really be up there with the pantheon of netflix marvel seasons you can't forget about the punisher as well exactly um let's uh let's do these show recaps now so let's begin with titans pilot series debut um i just wrote on twitter i'm gonna say it again on the show I really don't know what to make of this pilot, to be honest. Um, there's uh, kind of what I said last week or whenever I, we talked about the Titans' early reactions is that there is a level of disappointment in that this is not the show. So far, this pilot, I would say, is not what I ever would have wanted from a Titan show. Uh, I don't know if it's – I don't think it's necessarily so poorly, uh, so poorly done, but – I, I do feel like they kind of um, they really laid it on thick with the darkness. Like my recap for Titans is that everybody dies. <laughs> like it's just it's it's every it, a lot of people are killed in gruesome ways. Uh, they're in your face about it. The heroes kill people in gruesome ways, and they're in your face about it. Like it's not inherently it's not bad but it's just like wow this is not what i would have expected from a hero a titan show um they could fix up the dialogue a little bit some of it was a little choppy but i i i grew to i grew to believe the people were playing the characters that they were playing at least grayson and starfire raven is still such a mixed bag there's still so much we're trying to learn about her that i really don't know what to make of her yet but if there was anything i would say oh wow you know what like 
seeing kind of Grayson move, kind of how he was talking to everybody, it was like this feels like Grayson. Um, the kind of out there. I thought Anna Job did a great job. I thought like she played like she like she legitimately is clearly like doesn't have memory of who she is. But Starfire is also kind of an airy kind of character anyway. They kind of see her kind of be like not knowing what's going on and stuff. I was like, this feels like Starfire. Her snapping neck doesn't feel like Starfire, but like her personality, and then her also having that kind of like snapback of like, oh, Kovar, you think you love me? Well, I, I don't love you. Like also, Starfire has that kind of like raw yeah. honesty in weird elements because she's an alien thing. So they they there are elements to the show where the characters remind you of them, um, but they, they just lay on the violence and the darkness so heavy. I feel like. I feel like Titans is a show that you could only watch on a rainy day or only watch on a cloudy day. I feel like if I'm watching it on a sunny day, I just feel like the vibe isn't the same. Me watching it today, it was gray outside. It kind of worked. If it was bright and 70 degrees, I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much as maybe I did. I thought it was okay. I think overall, if I had to say what I thought about it, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, which is, I, I'm not surprised that there the reviews have been mixed to even leaning positive, I would say, honestly. Because it wasn't that bad. But... Uh, boy, did they lay on the darkness. And that's not something I needed to see. I have dark shows already. I think they could have done something different, and they chose not to. Um, I, I I think overall, like, I feel the same way in that I wouldn't be overly positive about Titans. But I thought it was okay. You know, I thought it was okay. I mean, I thought... Um, I thought that how... Uh, okay, so... Uh, for the things that I liked, I like the casting choices. Um, so far, I like all of them. I'm sold on really all of them. I'm sold on Dick. I'm sold on Raven. I'm sold on Starfire. I haven't really seen Beast Boy yet. We only see a little. We only see that little snippet of him at the end. But you know, I mean, it's the casting as I I buy it. So, um, so I mean, I'm I, I like what I see so far from the characters themselves and how they play the part. Um, I'm intrigued by the story, especially this whole Raven thing with, with, where she's seeing Dick and his past, and she's wondering what this means and how he can help her. And I don't know really. I don't really know what the deal was with with her and that guy that was kidnapping her and stuff. And one, I'm guessing it's gonna tie into something in Trigon, some kind of religious. Uh, it's interesting that she came from like a religious background, and they were trying to like pray the evil out of her yeah that's kind of crazy i was like that was pretty that was, yeah, that was pretty of, cool that was smart yeah yeah so it was very uh so yeah that was that was very dark but it was a very clever way of using that that her kind of uh her powers and her, you know the evil that's contained within her in making that more realistic i kind of i think there was some social commentary in that too probably it's possible um but either way i definitely think it worked yeah, you definitely do. Um, and as, I'm with you in that I don't know how I felt about the violence of it. I mean, how, you know, Starfire snapping necks and she's she, just burning guys to a crisp. I don't know if she did that. She, I, it didn't seem like she did that on purpose, but, you know, like. Or like Grayson. Uh, and Grayson. Grayson doing a jigsaw. St- you know, doing a jigsaw, stomping guys out on the street. Like, I'm just like, okay, come on. Like, for real? You know, and he, you know he's going full on Batman and BVS. Like it was kind of weird because neither of the characters and how they portrayed the characters, they didn't portray a loose cannon violent character. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if if Grayson was like flying off the handle, like ready to fight all the time, maybe yeah. I felt different. But I felt like when he was in 
the DC, the, the DCPD, yeah, DCPD. Um, he was Grayson for the most part. He was a uh, you know a, a more lonely, more standoff Grayson, but he was still the character. Yeah, like I said, Corey was very out there, not knowing really what was going on, very much into yeah. uh, who she was. So then, like that would made that's that would made that to me that made the violence even more like a start. Like what the hell? Yeah. Though I I liked how they had um, when they brought Raven in. They were like, hey, Dick, you have a thing for those abandoned kids, right? And I was like, ah, he would, because he was an abandoned kid. And right, he, yeah. You know, an orphan himself. They did, some, they did some slick things with the dialogue in terms of, like, his past. Yeah, so I, 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 so, I mean, so far I think it's okay. I don't really like how violent it is. I think the action's good, but and the effects are good. But I don't really like how violent it is. I don't see why it has to be so violent. But Yeah, it seems gratuitous at times. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm willing to see where it goes. What about you, Kendall? Yeah, I mean, I've pretty much accepted the whole violence thing. You know, for me, it, that's just what the show is going to be at this point. So I moved on. But uh, I don't know. I was talking to Shamari about this earlier, and I this was very this pilot was very bland. Like I thought there was nothing interesting about this pilot. It was, I think, it it it, it set up what could be a very good show. I don't know about very good, but it set up a show that has potential. You know, I like some of the characters. I like Beast Boy. Or we haven't seen Beast Boy, but well, we've seen him. I like the way he looked. Uh, but I like uh, Robin, obviously, and I think Starfire shows some good signs of life. And Raven looks like she may have an interesting story. Um, but the the I feel like I learned nothing from the pilot that. Something I feel like everything that I learned in the pilot was stuff that I could have noticed in the trailers or read in some sort of synopsis. You know, like generally when I'm generally I want when I want to see a superhero television pilot, I want there to be some sort of, especially about characters like the Teen Titans that we kind of know like the back of our hands at this point. I want there to be some sort of, you know, twist something something about the show like I the, think Flash. the twist is the violence. Yeah, which I mean, again, even that is like something we kind of expected at this right, point. Right, because they 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 drilled they it in our it. head for everything they did in the promotion. And so at this point, like everything that I everything that I saw was something that I expected, and I felt like I didn't need to watch this first episode to watch the rest of the show. Whereas, like, if you remember the Flash season one, obviously the Flash is also a very popular character, but they introduced season-long storylines that could be very interesting. Um, Arrow, another one, you know, introduce a character and uh, a show that could end up being very interesting. This one, I'm not saying that it can't be interesting, but I learned nothing from that premiere that suggests that it could be good. I don't know. Um, it, it, is we, weird. it is weird how you mentioned that, like, it, like nothing, the story doesn't really advance very nothing much. Nothing happened. Yeah, like, it's, it's, stuff I, I, like you're not wrong about that. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm, I was, I was legitimately shocked when I saw the the post credit last scene was a Beast Boy reveal. I'm like, oh, whoa, shocker! Beast Boy's around, and I'm like, I don't know how stupid that was. Like, if you if you could have showed me, I mean, I'm not saying you had to break the internet and show Trigon or show <laughs> Deathstroke <laughs> or Brother Blood or something. Or Jason Todd, show me something where I'm like, yo, this show's gonna be crazy. Yeah, show, show me one of the Beast main Boy. characters isn't necessarily a big reveal. That's not a big, that's not a big reveal. Like, I feel like if the Titans were the Runaways, maybe I would have liked this 
pilot a little better because I feel like the Runaways also didn't like do anything that was like groundbreaking to what their story is. But the Runaways aren't nearly as popular as the Teen Titans, so they can get away with that. The Teen Titans, any most people that are watching the show have seen either Young Justice or the Teen Titans cartoon, so they know who these characters are, what their stories are. I don't, I don't need you to give me a four one one on every single one of their backstories. Um, and then also, I just thought everything went zero to one hundred really fast. Like Raven, like her story, like progresses like so quickly. Yeah, it's like, kind of a weird. It's kind of an abrupt beginning. Like all this stuff. Happened I still kind of don't know what like, what the hell that was about. Like she was like normal, and then all of a sudden she had a bad dream, and then you know she goes to school and her mom gets shot, and now she's on the run. Now she's in Detroit, and now she meets up with Grace, and all that stuff happens in what one two days. I mean, maybe I mean I'm guessing that's just the start of the story, but it just seemed like wow, that was fast. Yeah, they they move they move through Raven Ravens like they move it, like it moves quickly, but nothing happens at the same time. It's about yeah. like a lot of stuff, and a lot of it's because a lot of it's not explained. Like okay, her mother was killed, who wasn't her mother? So is it still important? I mean, it's important someone died, but how important is it? Well, yeah, who, she, with the who are these people that are killing her? People to try to get to Raven. Um... Uh, yeah, I think that there was definitely some aspect of like, for a story that certain. wasn't for a show that isn't really supposed to be an origin story. It still like it felt like they didn't really they kind of felt like they stayed in between, not knowing whether they wanted to do an origin or a regular or a regular star, story. Like yeah. some aspects are very much like like Raven and Robin. I feel like it's just you're just in the middle of it, nothing. There's no backup story. It's just here we are. This is yeah. the story. Get, yeah, you keep, know who Robin up. is. And then Ray with Starfire, I think that's like an origin. Yeah. So yeah. I I kind of wish maybe they would have chose one way or the other. I maybe I think they also probably felt like they didn't have the time. You know, like yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't. Which I don't, why I don't think they should have done an origin. Yeah, I mean, I think my my only thing with with Raven is like. They probably went fast because I probably wouldn't have wanted to see like three episodes of her in school. That's like, true. I agree. You with know, that. and oh, what are these powers like? It's like we know what your powers are. You know, like let's get let's get to the <laughs> you know the part where you're. Uh, we have a story with the Teen Titans because it's, it's called Titans, and it seems like they're going pretty fast and having them, you know, meet up at least because Starfire is already looking for Raven. We don't really know why, so it's like okay, we already know they're they're gonna meet up and it's gonna happen soon. So I'm I'm glad to at least see that that's gonna happen that they're trying to get us to the point where they're they're meeting up. Um, overall, uh, I'll keep. I mean, I have to keep watching. I think if, even if I wasn't doing this show, I'd, I'm at least intrigued to see where this is gonna go. Um, we still haven't seen Hawk and Dove yet. They're gonna be parts of this show as well. Um, and of course we know we'll see Jason Todd. Eventually. Even a Hawk and Dove teaser at the end of the episode would have been more interesting than me seeing Beast Boy. I mean, I wanted I to think, see Beast Boy. If I, I got no Beast Boy, I would have been upset. I think yeah. the effect they were going for was, I think the big question, besides, I mean, Starfire became, I don't think it's crazy, Starfire actually became the big question of this series. But I think when they were doing the show, I think they assumed the big question was going to be, how do you do Beast Boy on television? How will it look? Mm-hmm. I think they wanted that. I, wanted, I think looked, they wanted to show that they got this on lock. And it I think cool. it didn't look that bad. It looked fine. And I thought it was, hey, look, I'll be honest, I thought it was a good scene. Yeah. You know, he, like, what do you, steal video games or yeah, something like yeah, that? Yeah, video games. Like, I mean, I thought it was a cool scene, but 
it did nothing for me in terms of like, oh wow, <laughs> these boys in the show. I, I mean, again, I agree that I thought it looked good and that was a positive, but I almost didn't want them to show me any Beast Boy in any of the in any of the, the promos. Then that would have been crazier. Maybe we would have known he was in the show, but we didn't know what he looked like. Sure, we didn't, or we didn't see him transform in any of the promos. I'm sure they wanted people to watch it because there were some people who were like, why haven't we seen Beast Boy like me? They're like, why haven't we seen Beast Boy transform? But at that point, I mean, I kind of knew he was going to transform. So, I don't know. But now, I don't I mean, I don't know what to expect in terms of any villains. I mean, what is the story going to be? Do we even know? I have no idea. <laughs> we have no idea. It's a pilot. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, we don't know, still yeah, we don't know the story mystery. is. There's a lot of mystery still involved with this. Um, yeah, we got a long ways to go before we figure out exactly what's going on here. Uh, let's go to The Flash now. Um, the Flash was interesting. Uh, I enjoyed the season premiere. Uh, Whoa. Yes, I, I, I will say that very <laughs> clearly, obviously. I thought that this was a pretty good season premiere, actually. Um, I know your feelings about the villain. The villain was trash. This my feelings about... Geomancer? <laughs> oh, no, Gridlock. My bad. <laughs> my feelings about the season premiere had nothing to do with the villain, because I don't think that... Flash season premiere really should ever have much to do about the villain. Um, I really dig Nora Allen, man. I'm not going to front. I thought that there's a new energy to the actors and to their portrayals of the characters that this young woman is bringing to the show that I appreciate. Um, I thought her scenes with Iris were awesome. I, I thought those solo scenes with Iris and Barry, I just thought they were great. Like, I couldn't help but smile on some of the things she was saying and how they were reacting to her. Um, I, I think that it's crazy that they found an actress who looks like uh, Candace Patton and, yeah. and, and uh, Gustin. Like, that's you know how hard that is. And then have that person also be a good actress. Um, and she, I, think she's, I think she's great. So I, I, I dug... Everything about the interactions between the characters. Um, Dibney was a little off. I don't know what his deal was this episode. I kinda yeah, it was a little weird. I didn't get anything that they were trying to establish there. Uh, I guess they're trying to establish he doesn't pay attention. Which I thought I thought the um, the Earth 2 joke, I was I laughed at that, though. I thought that was funny. Um, yeah, I the, laughed at that, The too. whole multiverse thing, I thought that that was good. The rest of it, I kind of wasn't quite getting. But yeah, no, I enjoyed this season premiere a lot. Uh, I'm actually kind of excited to see how this character brings out the rest of the cast. I thought that the cast just seemed different. It, to me, they were going through the motions last season. That was not <laughs> to me. That was not the case in this episode. And now the actual conflict or whatever, the conflict wasn't great. So therefore, it wasn't like you were going to have these hyper tense moments. But I thought just interpersonal acting between two different characters or a group of characters reacting to one new character, um, you could see it was different. And I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. So, Kendall, you seem to be very different since because your initial reaction to this. So now I'm curious what you think. Uh, No, I mean, I thought I was more surprised because of how bad last season was. Oh, okay. Do, do, I mean, this episode in particular I thought was... Uh, it was okay. You know, it wasn't uh, awful. Um, it did a better job of... I thought it had a lot of the fun that the earlier seasons had. 
you know, I thought last season really wasn't that fun. Um, I, I also think that the twist that, oh, she, the whole Barry twist was very similar to something we would have seen in an early Flash season yeah. where it's like, okay, this is interesting. We'll have to follow this. It, we'll have to monitor the storyline. It feels like it's from an earlier Flash season because it is from an earlier Flash season. Yes, it, it, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. You're right about that. But, um, yeah, I, there were there was a lot of uh, there were a lot of interesting moments in this uh, in this seat in this uh, episode. Um, I agree that I like the uh, Nora Allen character. Um, I, I again, I thought that twist uh was it worked really well because that it, before that twist showed up i was kind of like all right where are we going here you know like is is there anything interesting about this season or about this episode and they threw that kind of bombshell and i was like all right they gotta be watching but um there are a lot of interesting uh easter eggs in this episode um i thought the happy harbor uh reference was pretty cool especially since uh, we all watch Young Justice, so when she mentioned Happy Arbor, I kind of mm-hmm. my uh, eyebrows kind of raised a little bit. But yeah. um, no, nah, there's a lot of a lot of cool things. That the ending was was a little, a little strange. They're trying to introduce that psychotic character. That's what I assume that was. But um, they didn't. I don't, I don't think they did the best job of introducing him. You mean Alchemy? To me, he's just alchemy. Yeah, I know exactly. You know, which like, is why I'm a little turned off about him. Yeah, I don't know. I'm very turned off by that. I, I I'm not looking forward to that. That's so. That's the only part of this episode that I'm just like, <laughs> kind of waiting for him to say, "I am alchemy." Yeah, you know, has some modulated voice, some priests or whatever praying with him or something. I don't know. Like, it's gonna be something weird. His name is Sakata, by the way. Sakata. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I mean, we'll see what happens with that. You know, in, in his flash symbol, some whatever mystic symbol. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, it's good. You know, um, I'm guessing he's not a speedster, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, I like the I I like the episode. I thought it was okay. You know, I didn't think it was terrible. You know, of course, Gridlock was a throwaway villain, but you know, it's a Flash. We're gonna get throwaway. <laughs> We're gonna get throwaway villains. Um, I like Nora Allen's inclusion. I agree with EJ. I think she brought new like energy to the show. You know, and I think, you know, the whole thing with Barry being just being missing, just never coming back. I mean, that's that's pretty dark, you know, so and it's pretty hard for him to hear about, you know, since, you know, he grew up largely without a father, you know. Yeah. And he's just like, listen, I want to be there for my child. And he, he's just not there, yeah. you know, and it's, it's really, really crazy. And how he now he's like, oh, you have to stay. You should stay. And it's like, oh, you know, so it's like, OK, now it's like, OK, well, where is this going to go? So I'm very, very curious to see. I see bad things in the future for Nora Allen. I see Barry having to save her um, for, from from whoever this guy is at the end. So uh, so I that's the kind of conflict that I see brewing here. But I thought, it was, I thought it was a decent episode. I mean, you got Team Flash back together. You know, I agree Ralph was a little off. Um, I like that Wally was in it, though it seems like they're, they're sending is, him this off. This is the end. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> the end. I don't know when we're going to see Kenny on again. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I like that. Well, it seems like we're, I don't know if if they're still going, it seems like they're kind of still exploring this this uh, um, Killer Frost, uh, Caitlin Snow thing, where she was, yeah. you know, she like was Killer Frost before all the metahuman stuff started. 
So I'm interested to see where they're gonna where they where they're gonna go with that storyline as well. Um, but overall, that was a decent episode. I thought it was okay. I'm interested to see um, more episodes. As much is a great improvement over last season already. So <laughs> I'm interested to see where they go. Um, I do think that if there's anything I'm anything about. Actually, I pretty much loved everything that they did with Nora. If there's anything I'm not that much looking forward to is maybe the whole Barry training Nora thing because we just saw him kind of go through that with Ralph and the other people he was dealing with. I don't know if I need to see him you no know, more training training episodes. As long as it's not just like, oh, Barry's a jerk and he has to stop being a jerk. I think, that's, that. I think that's what we're going to get. <laughs> it's like we already we just saw that. So yeah. I hope it, I just hope that's not what we get again. But. That was the only thing I saw. And I was like, oh, more, more Barry training other people. We've already kind of been through this road. Yeah. But I think the whole him disappearing actually kind of makes sense when you put in perspective the Flash Museum, like why there would be yeah. a museum. It makes sense the guy wasn't around anymore. We don't have museums for LeBron <laughs> or yeah. you know, Barack sure. Obama, like, you know, because those people are still around. You have museums for George Washington and those kind of people because they're gone. So, like, the fact that there's a Flash Museum makes sense considering the Flash is not around. So how would you know unless you have video footage and um, and and you archive what he's accomplished? So uh, so I think that that I just think I think they set up a lot of good things with that. I don't I'm not sold on Sakata either, but I mean there really wasn't much to really see or know uh, to feel a certain way about him. I know Grant Gustin compared him a lot to Zoom. I'm very curious. I, man, that's, that's the case with Zoom was. A, a heavyweight as <laughs> far as a villain. So, Look, what I'll say, what I'll say about uh, Cicada is that we didn't expect a whole lot of f- from Prometheus either. That's very that's true. true. We that Prometheus was that's very true. He's had no expectations on television. <laughs> so yeah, you're right. That's why you get you got to watch. You can't judge a book by its cover. Prometheus win, Jenny. I don't know. He did, I don't I know. I probably, he probably had to have. <laughs> I don't think I could be wrong, but I would be surprised if he did. Because that was, that was in the year, it was an overlap. Because we've done the Jennies now three years, right? Yes. I believe he won it last year. Yeah. For best villain. Or maybe rookie of the year, either one. Maybe both. Probably I think it was probably. definitely rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember if he was best villain or not. Though. Last show of the, of the week, uh, we're talking about Black Lightning. Um... That was way darker than I expected. <laughs> the Black Lightning premiere. Uh, that was that like it's funny because it, I felt like the last season ended very optimistically, and there's no optimism in this episode. Uh, yeah, it kind of it kind of surprised me. Yeah, you know, because I was like, you know, I kind of jumped into the show not remembering everything that happened. And I'm thinking, all right, everything's gonna be sunshine and rainbows, and it was like just like said, super like like gloomy, and I'm like, wow. By the end of the episode, no one is well off. They're yeah, all no. worse. They're all way worse off than they were when the episode started, and they started off in a bad place. And that's yeah. interesting. I mean, I guess because I think I think I felt like the last season the outlook was so positive for the majority of the season that it it hits you like, like a brick when you see it change so much. I also thought the first scene was kind of weird. Matt, shout out to Maddie Hartman who's been on the New Generation Sports Talk show. She also mentioned that the first scene was weird. I'm assuming Sinai is dead, but anything's possible because we've seen everyone come back to life. Yeah, she's supposed to be dead. But like you said, at this point, I mean, could she come back? And Not not impossible. I mean, they seem to establish that, you know, she was killed 
I mean, well, not well, they established that Lala was killed. Well, and I mean, then he showed well, up. Well, seeing, yeah, well seeing yeah, I just mean that, like, you know, she died there. I mean, if she's gonna come back, I mean, who knows? Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying way that she didn't die in that scene. I'm okay. saying that anything could happen. Okay. She could come back. Well, anyone yeah. can come back on the show. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's not in Lala fashion because we know how that went. But <laughs> that was like the only thing they did terrible. <laughs> everything else they did great. That was the only thing I was like that was objectively awful. Yeah, but everything else in this, yeah, I agree. Everything else in the first season was great. Um, but yeah, you guys are right. I mean, it was a very dark season. A very dark. No, season not dark season. A very dark uh, season, season premiere. Um, I thought it was okay. Kind of similar to the Flash, where I, you know I thought it was okay. It wasn't you know spectacular. Um, it wasn't it wasn't bad either. You know, I mean, I thought you know they they were continuing basically right where they <laughs> left off. You know, all the storylines. Um, you know, I think it's very. They got the whole thing with Anissa stealing for the for the church. Yeah, you know, stealing it's Robin Hood. Yeah, basically Robin Hood, Robin from these you know gangbangers and drug dealers. Literally and Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. So, um, interested interested to see where that goes. This whole thing with Jennifer and she's just floating and has all these powers and she's trying to hide it. I mean, which that's that's a, a storyline we've seen in a lot of other superhero shows and things. And mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's not like you know we kind of. To have a thing where we know where that can go and what can happen with that, but you know we just want to see where that goes. And I just, every, I just want, I just want to see more Tobias Whale. Because I feel, I like, I feel that's, like that was one thing I was disappointed. I feel like episode. he's kind of like a hidden gem in the show. They're not using him. Yeah, as much he as they should. Was basically, not in the episode <laughs> until the very end, which yeah. was shocking, especially since his top agent was killed in the first scene. Yeah. Um. The one thing I thought that was smart, Kendall, was that I did think, for from a realistic standpoint, it made sense that there were consequences for how Jefferson was running the school. And the idea that the school would either be shut down or he won't be running yeah. it anymore mm-hmm. is smart because that, that joint went completely yeah, that was, haywire that last crazy. year. Yeah. I mean, he should be fired. I mean, we know his intentions. We know him as a person, but I, it was still, like, you had dudes, the nine, whatever the gang is, pulling up, taking kids out of the school. The nine hundred. You got yeah. you got do yeah, not nine hundred. You got you got dudes with dreadlocks coming in, all brolic shooting kids up with green light. I mean, that that would that would mean that the principal have to go. Clearly, the security issues are grave, and, and, he thought, and he doesn't want them to be resolved in a way that the district wants them to be. Resolved. Right, he thinks that oh, just you know, let me just kind of just handle it in house or whatever, and yeah, it'll be exactly. fine. Kind of like hey, he's always done things, and that was yeah. not going to be the case here. Um, can I, I just one of the positives about the show is I think that it's one of its strengths is always dialogue. I thought the dialogue with Kendall between uh Jefferson and I guess I'm assuming a major booster or someone on the board, yeah, the guy on the board, yeah. uh, was something that again, one thing I like about the show is that a lot of times it, it does not feel like CW. That conversation was not a CW conversation, yep. oh, yeah, yeah, that that show, yeah, that, that a couple of lines in there kind of. You know, surprised me a little. That, bit. That <laughs> might, that's probably the first time the end word has been said on CW. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, was it said or it was alluded to? Right? No, he, no said he said it, it yeah. first. He alluded to it. He said you're the you're gonna be the HNIC. You think you're the yeah, HNIC? Yeah, I, I, like, I, I was like, I was like, okay, we going there. And then he said it, and I was like, "Fam, we going there? <laughs> this show? Am I, am I, am I not watching Luke? Watching first, he said, he said, he said Negro. Yeah, he said, and Negro. he said Negro. Yeah, like that scene was just." I, I kind of think the Negro was unnecessary. I think they kind of laid it on there. I think right, all right, you right. needed was, like, two of those three things to be like, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> three in, like, one session. I'm like, damn. It was only like a two-minute conversation. 
Yeah, you know, I, yeah, that's that's you know certainly uh, set the uh, tone for what the episode was gonna be. But um, yeah, I thought this was a good episode. Um, I I agree that Tobias Well was noticeably absent for a lot of the episode. Um, it's not as if there was anything that I mean, besides like you guys said, um, you know, his agent getting killed. There was there wasn't a whole lot of controversy or conflict to, for him to enter himself into. So from that perspective, I kind of understand him not being there. But um, you know, he's he's one of the better characters on the show. Uh, they definitely like you go, like you mentioned though definitely turned up the heat on each character's kind of worlds kind of coming down a little bit. Um, the thing, I mean, what you were mentioning about. Jefferson not being principal anymore that uh that seemed like the only logical uh the only logical outcome for the way that school was being ran last year uh you know it was it's up there with Degrassi is the most hectic high school I've ever seen but um <laughs> no nah, I feel like Black Lightning uh the, the only thing that I guess I wasn't a huge fan of well one I didn't love the scene with uh Henderson and yeah, Black Lightning. I, that scene should have meant more and should have, yeah. I, that that scene fell flat. I agree. It, it fell flat a little bit, you know. Um, and I, I didn't think we got a whole lot of action. I mean, this wasn't really an action, or at least a lot of Black Lightning action. That wasn't the point in this episode. But uh, you know, it's the first the first episode of the season. You kind of wanted to jump back into it, and it, it kind of was just continuing storylines from last season. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, it was lacking in action. I didn't mind that. I honestly, I didn't even, I barely even noticed. I think it's because the storylines are, uh, they're they're already so like developed, and they're they're getting into the storyline so much. They're very like, character driven. Yeah, it's already. really character driven. You know, it's not like it's not like Iron Fist where I'm like, okay, come on, fight somebody. You know, I feel like this is is very different. Um, was Homegirl still working at the school? Like, is she still working at the school while also on the run? What's the deal with that? Like, I feel, yeah, like, no, I feel like, yeah, I don't think she got fired. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I, yeah. can, do you remember last season yeah, there being she, a situation where she left? We knew that we we learned that she was a mole last season. Yeah, but I don't remember her ever being distanced from the school, and then like she's killing people with stilettos, and now she's on the run. She's pulling up with gats on Gamby, like, <laughs> um. I know, I like, think, obviously it's going to 100. I'm just, like, I didn't see her in, in any of the school scenes. I know she's the assistant principal, so. Yeah, I thought that, um, I think it's one of those things that once, you know, she kind of outed herself in the show that she's kind of, they just kind of just, it was like, all right, no more secrets now. She is who she is. You know, even though maybe the other characters didn't find out when we did or whatever, I think at this point. They're, I don't think they want her to keep up the uh, facade. I'm wondering if she's going to end up being some... I think she's going to end up being some DC character. Static Shock? Possible. What? Yeah. <laughs> this guy's static. I'm just waiting for Static Shock to show up. Ken, I was like, anything, answer to any, any character is going to be Static Shock. Um, yeah, I mean, cl- I mean, clearly, she's a beast. I mean, cyanide, I mean, cyanide and Anissa was a long fight, and she wiped the floor with cyanide pretty much. Yeah. So they're establishing her as a serious threat to me. 
So I, I expect her to be named someone. Also, is this also the official confirmation that Lynn Stewart is John Stewart's sister? Is this the first time they've referred to her as Stewart? Is that what that you're is. saying? When was that a thing? Huh? That was a, that was a thing. What that that was? Yeah, that was that's been the talk for the entire season one. Was that she really? was John Stewart's sister? Oh. Based off what? Her name is Lynn, and she's black. Oh, I, I, I <laughs> as as that. as like shallow as that may sound, that that's there. That's the state of Convos, unfortunately. I didn't even know that. So yeah, so so I didn't even know John Stewart had a sister named Lynn. Yes. That is a fact. That is part of the comic okay. That makes sense now, yeah. And her name is Lynn. Now, people get writing she's Lynn Stewart, Lynn Stewart, but I don't know if that was ever completely confirmed. I think that even like the Wikipedia, they refer to her as Lynn Stewart. But, again, I always kind of was waiting for them to officially call her Lynn Stewart, and I, I don't remember her ever being called that. But I thought it was, I think that it was the first time because they they, they referred to her as Dr. Stewart like five times to make it very clear, because I think even Jefferson referred to her as Doctor Stewart in that bedroom scene, where I'm like, okay, they're they're making this, they're trying to tell us something here. Mm. I, I think, and I think it's the first time they referred to her last name. Um, I could be, yeah. I could be wrong, but I, I don't. And maybe there was like a casting list somewhere that had Lynn Stewart. Maybe that's, but like, I don't know if anyone's ever said it, and they said it multiple times in this episode. So that they was. That was something that was not by accident. Now, I mentioned I mentioned Static Shock. Is there a chance that that kid that came back to life is Static Shock? No. That would be horrendous <laughs> if it was. Really? Nah, they can't do that. A kid gets killed in a body. He's putting a body bag. <laughs> and then he, that would be awful if that's Static Shock. He better not be. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want him to be statics, man. They got to make. Look, man, any static shock is better than no static shock. The green light no, static that, shock. That, that static green shock. Light. That static shock would be worse. Man, I don't drug want. Drug I want no green light static shock. <laughs> that would no. We don't know. Nah, they can't do that, that, man. That's too dark. They can't do that. They don't need that at all. Um, <laughs> I don't know what his deal is. But also, static shock can't come back to life. Like, like that's, that's not part that's, of anything. I feel like I feel like green light is similar to the the Big Bang. Green lights are, they're just selling drugs. Yeah, that's Green that would be a very a dark drug. way to, to bring in static shock. The Big Bang was just like an accident. Yeah. You even have the, the green light babies sound like the bang babies. They did say that. I, I I mean I see that. I don't think I still don't think that kid's green light, green black <laughs> lightning, but could <laughs> there be static, a static yeah. thing because of that in the green light babies? I could see that. I didn't think about that. Yeah, they, that as long funny. as they don't say he's Virgil Hawkins on it. I yeah, know. I know. I'm still waiting for that, man. It's going to come at some point. I think they're waiting for it. Oh, we'll see. How do you guys feel about how they kind of crossed over the social issues with the green light in this episode? Yeah, I mean, Angela Rye showed up. Yeah, shout out to Angela Rye. That was dope. Um, that shows, man. People, people, this show has Support this some show. backing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a huge get. But, I mean, you, I mean, you remember the creators. Very, very prominent. Right. Marakil. Yeah. In the BET landscape. That is very true. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that either. Um, no, nah, what do you think of like how they crossed over kind of the social in this? This show is all about crossing over the social. I also kinda like that they like they made like the names of the episodes were a lot more in your face too. Like they tried to make that more of a thing. Like they had a whole art thing in the beginning. Uh, the book of whatever this was. Consequences, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Right. And the episode 
is very much consequences. Yeah. Um, I think they're gonna they're gonna try to make that more of a thing. But what do you make of you know the cops killing the, the green like kids? Yeah, that was and, crazy. That was crazy when I saw that man. But it's it's but it's just like in you know society, you know. Um, I I Black Lightning just continues to show that it's just not afraid. Yeah. To just show what is happening in these like black communities. Fearless is a good way to describe it's it. It's fearless. So. They're just yeah. showing just straight up what is happening in that mother's reaction when that kid got up, and it's just crazy. Stuff is crazy to see. It's hard to see. You know. Do you think the mother reaction was? Unrealistic. Everything about it was unrealistic. Well, everything about it. All but I mean, that 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 a person would react that way. I mean, I think she took it a little far. I can see them just not believing it. I can see that because it is unbelievable, <laughs> you know. Um, but I think her saying that, you know, her saying all those horrible things. I think her. Yeah. I think his powers brought that out. Mm. I don't know what you think, Kendall. I don't even know. I don't know what it is with. Yeah, that's possible though. I think because like he was theory. glowing, and I thought like his mom started talking crazy, she started saying really horrible things, and then him. she was like, "I don't know why I'm saying these things." I yeah. think it has something to do with his powers. Really? Oh, that makes sense. Because yeah. I thought she was laying it on a little. Thick. Yeah, I was like, "Dag!" Right. I was like, "Yo, come on now." <laughs> I mean, this is like a bad interpretation of what how a mother would react. Yeah, but um, yeah, it could be interesting, uh, or that could be a possibility. You know, I'm. I'm hoping there are some sort of electrical powers in there, but no, I'm just, but um, let's hope. No, nah, I think <laughs> that, that's track, probably yeah. a better explanation yeah. than just poor writing, uh, because I, that's what I thought that scene was. I was like, it seemed extremely unnecessary for her to like berate him in public like that yeah. for being alive. Yeah, you know? like maybe they could have maybe had a little more. They could have like made it a little more obvious. But yeah. when I was watching, I was like, oh, I think this is something. Like kind of have her eyes change or something. Something obvious yeah. where like. Oh, she, she said, knows. I don't know why I'm saying this stuff. That's when I was like, oh, yeah, this is his powers. Mm. Somehow, he, yeah, somehow it's the art of persuasion. And, and yeah. the question will be, will he go help Black Lightning or will he be a Tobias Whale stooge? Mm. And like uh, a monger. Yeah, it tends to be yeah, fake killmonger. It tends to be the people who are uh, who who are lost and abandoned tend to find their way to Tobias, which yeah. is unfortunately kind of like real life when it comes to gangsters and stuff. The people they kind of tend to surround themselves with. But I liked it. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. I kind of like that it's like seeing eye to eye with Flash on the same night. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, you know, like the show was great. It was way better than Flash last year. I think it, it should be. It's, I think it's good that it's staying side by side with C, CW's second flagship show. Right now it's Riverdale. But I think after Riverdale, I'll say The Flash. Right. So it's getting that spotlight, that shine. Hopefully, I'm hoping the ratings uh, will continue to be strong. And uh, we'll see what happens the rest of the season. But I think that's a great place to wrap the show, guys. So thank you so much for listening in to this episode of New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. We'll be back next week with more hero talk you can find us on uh soundcloud itunes and uh and stitcher you can also uh follow us on youtube new generation media make sure you follow us on facebook new generation media follow us on twitter at new generation pod and on instagram at, at, at new generation podcast make sure you follow shamari on instagram and snapchat mc sham 22 Make sure you follow me on Twitter at EJ underscore Stewart and on Instagram at Ashley EJ. That does it for now. We'll be back next week with more Hero Talk. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace.